Hello and welcome to the American Dry Cleaner podcast. I'm your host, Tim Burke, the editor of American Dry Cleaner. Joining us to talk about boiler sizing and selection for dry cleaners is Mike Leeming, National Sales Manager with Parker Boiler Company located in Los Angeles. Mike oversees sales and marketing and has been with the firm 34 years. He has a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering from California State University, Los Angeles. He is also Executive Vice President of Machinery Division of Takata. And he's an Allied Trade Board member for the California Cleaners Association and an Allied Trade Board member for the Southern California Cleaners Association. We're very happy to have him here. Hello, Mike, and welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks, Tim. Uh, nice introduction. I feel flattered. Well, first off, Mike, uh, for a simple point of reference for podcast listeners, let's explain what the boiler does at a dry cleaning operation. Well, I think uh, I, I think you all know that it is the heart of the plant. Um, you know, it takes gas or oil or propane and, and converts water to steam, and that hot vapor is carried over to the dry cleaning and finishing equipment and sometimes directly injected into the washers for final temp boost. So like human heart, Without that, there's no life. For the dry cleaning operator, that means everybody goes home and no work is performed if the boiler is not operating. Do most dry cleaning owners understand the boiler? In other words, how it works, the maintenance, and being the right size for their plant? Yeah, I, I think for the most part, it's you know it's a piece of capital equipment, and you know they are the engineer, they are the maintenance. Um, you know, they perform uh, the operations, they check the chemistry. You know, normally dry cleaning plants are uh, sized for about the connected load, and if everything's on at one time, if you, you know, start letting the boiler, you know, get out of tune or get, uh, you know, not scaled up, then it won't meet your demands. And so maintenance and water treatment are important for the owner. And, you know, the other thing about a dry cleaner is that, um, you got to remember is is it's the owners, the managers, or the staff are operating the boiler, so that they don't have a maintenance department or an engineering department. You know, say like that a hospital has it just is dedicated to that boiler. They're yeah, they're taking care of the boiler. They're taking care of everything. Hey, when you say scaled up, just to keep our uh, uh, listeners informed, what do we what do we mean? Can we just define real quick what scaled up is? Well, okay, there's there's two uh, things that you have to watch for in any boiler, carbon steel boiler. So um, hard water is everywhere in the U.S., you know, in, in areas like Las Vegas, it, it's, it could be 300 uh, parts per million, which is very hard water. And if you don't soften the water, take the calcium and the magnesium out, when that flame hits the, uh, the vapor section inside of the tube, it'll flash the steam and that calcium and that magnesium will come off and it'll stick to the inside of the pressure vessel. It doesn't really matter whose pressure vessel, but what that ends up doing for the owner is significantly increasing their fuel usage because it insulates the heat transfer. So, uh, uh, for example, a 16 inch of scale can increase your fuel usage up to 20%. What sorts of surprises might a dry cleaning owner come across when they're looking to buy a new boiler or replace their boiler? Well, more, more on a replacement, I, I find a lot of people, you know, maybe had a, a you know, 15-year-old boiler room that wasn't up to code when they put that boiler in 15 years ago, you know, and 
you know, you're really supposed to pull a uh, installation permit, even if it's a like-for-like -like swap. And, and what we'll find is a lot of these local inspection jurisdictions are, you know, looking to justify their job and also trying to keep people safe, you know, are going to require everything be bought up to code. And it may be that the floor sink's not big enough, they don't have enough combustion air. Some of the new technology with the dry cleaning machines, they have a lower flash point. So, you know, a boiler that didn't require a boiler room now has to be in a separate room or far away from that. And Right. You know, so those are the surprises that, you know, a new owner, they, you got to change the stack. And, you know, for on a new installation, I don't think there's really much of a surprise because if you've got, you know, the owner, or, you know, allowing you to, you know, put a dry cleaning plan in, he's, you know, he's happy to have you and, and you're going to do it right and, you know, have an architect or an engineer lay the whole thing out and, you know, have a licensed contractor put the whole plan in. So yeah, not course. so surprising in that case. I've heard some dry cleaning owners tell me that they have a backup boiler. Uh, given tighter spaces of many plants, what do you think of backup boilers? We do that on in every industry if we can. Um, you know, obviously, you know, sometimes maybe your heat up load requires 50 horsepower, but your operating load is 25 horsepower. So if you had two 25 horsepowers running your plant, now you can you, you can switch back and forth. You, you have always have a backup. Um, if you if you you know you went over that peak and you're real busy at a certain point, now you've got the extra capacity. If you need to service that other boiler. Now you're still running, your employees are still working while you're maintaining the boiler, doing annual inspections. And then you, you've got a lot more uh, turndown. So, you know, if the boiler could turn down to five to one, now it's basically like having five boilers with two 25s. You're turning the boiler down to, you know, five horsepower and you're turning the other one down to five. Now you've got 10 horsepower between the two boilers. And cycling a yeah. boiler off, you know, causes more, creates more uh, losses because you've got a pre-purge and a post-purge to cool the flame on most designs. When we and, say, uh, when we mentioned turn down, could you just, another definition for our listeners, tell us turn, what? Yeah, turn down would be um, how far can the burner modulate down before it can't operate anymore. So, you know, if a boiler was 50 horsepower and it had a 5 to 1 turn down ratio, then it could operate down to 10 horsepower. Okay, I see. Take our podcast listeners through safety reminders for both dry cleaning owners and their teams regarding boilers. Well, most uh, states require uh, annual inspections. You know, that would normally entail internal inspection. You open up a pressure vessel and look inside and make sure you're not building any scale or corroding the, the, the tubes out. But at the same time, when you've done that, you, you have a technician test all your safeties, your manual reset high limit, if you've got a spill switch on a blue gas spillage switch, your air prover switch, your pilot turndown test, your uh, operating control, your both your low water cutoffs. I mean, all those things, you know, the safeties on a boiler are probably the most important thing, and those should be, those should be done by somebody that's qualified on an annual basis. Because boilers, you know, let's face it, there's a lot of stored energy in a boiler, and it uh, can do substantial damage when it's released to atmosphere. Some designs can actually level buildings. Wow. Uh, could you describe the boiler types commonly used by dry cleaning owners and maybe how the types differ? Yeah, t typically you s see um, a lot of vertical tubeless boilers. 
especially uh, on the East Coast. There are uh, many good brands and manufacturers of these products. The, normally, the fire burner goes down a tube in the center. There's a water jacket between that tube and the outside flueways. And, you know, they're, they, you know, small footprint, take a little longer to heat up to steam. Uh, water tube boilers are another common boiler you see, and they can be either a flexible water tube boiler or a straight uh, tube boiler. You know, the advantage to that is, you know, they're modular. You can, you know, replace the tubes and, and, and fix it real easy. And then from a cold start, you're 100 PSI in 10 minutes. Um, a fire tube boiler is another one that's in, in used in dry cleaning, vertical or horizontal. And uh, normally you see a fire tube boiler when the plant capacity is around the 50 horsepower range, just because they're they're more competitive, uh, you know, horsepower per um, dollars, you know, when you get to 50 horsepower, and they're not when you're getting down to 15 horsepower. Um, but it's you know got good turn down and uh, you know pretty good efficiencies and uh, you know very forgiving for scale buildup. It, it'll build scale up and your fuel bill will go up, but nobody will know about it. And then there's flash steam generators. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, I mean, the the guys paying the gas bill will know. But right. um, you know, flash steam generators are a, another one you see once in a while. Again, normally over 50 horsepower, but they're uh, have a really large, heavy pump that forces the water through and 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 separates it in a drum. And normally there's a r- really large parasitic energy loss, like a 50 horse boiler have a 24 five horse feed pump, where a typical boiler would have a horse and a half feet pump, so it's pretty large uh, parasitic energy loss for that design. Um, it's typically the wa- water tube boilers and the fire tube boilers have much more steel in their construction or more heating surface for boiler horsepower. So typically the longevity of that product, because there's not as much heat flux, is better. But they're more money. How do factors like the type of dry cleaning operation an owner has, like maybe, for instance, between just uh, dry cleaning only and including the laundry side and other factors, number of machines served, capacities of those machines, peak usage. How do all those factors influence an owner making a, a boiler sizing selection? Well, we've, we've got like survey sheets that we share with with people and they can list all the equipment that they plan on having and plan on having in the future and uh, you know just a dry cleaner only you know typically you know on a with one dry cleaning machine and a 1200 square foot plant you can normally get by with just a small 10 horsepower nine and a half horsepower boiler as soon as you add a shirt unit that's another four and a half horsepower that's finishing equipment that goes with it so typically nowadays you're seeing a lot of these small dry cleaning plants they're both dry cleaning and laundry and you know they may wash the shirts there they may send them out but you know the difference too is you know dry cleaning only requires about 60 psi of steam pressure so you you know if it's just a dry cleaning plant you could use a hundred pound boiler and you save money on the initial cost of the boiler and the piping of the boiler as far as the blowdown and that sort of thing but as soon as you start putting finishing equipment in that likes hotter steam for the production on the shirt unit so that boiler you want you know probably trim for 150 pounds and run it up to 135 psi so it's hotter steam and then your blowdown piping has to be forged steel schedule 80 it costs a little bit more to put in and and what what is blowdown so again? Just for our, our blowdown is okay after you've uh, you've softened the water. Now it's corrosive, so you chemically treat it with sol- uh, usually a cocktail mix of sulfates, 
phosphates and amines that protect the oxygen corrosion, they protect the steel on getting um, impurities stuck to it, and then they protect the vapor section. But after a while, that uh, that mud and sediment builds up in there, and you've got to discharge that into a, a safe point. So you, you, you blow the boiler down you know, into a tank and clean it out. So it's cleaning it out and getting rid of those those things that have built up. The mud and the sediment, correct. Okay. The other thing that changes, uh, you know, when you're doing, you know, some people have washers with direct steam injection, and uh, so, especially these bigger laundries. Well, now when you're making up over 50% of the raw water, it's got a lot of dissolved oxygen in it, it's cold, and so, so many people either put a... Uh, a sparger tube or a preheater assembly to raise the water temperature so that it doesn't have as much dissolved oxygen. And on some of the bigger jobs, we'll use a deaerator to mechanically scrub the oxygen out of the water and preheat the water to 225 degrees before it goes into the boiler, which is above the boiling point. So those are all factors when you're when you're selecting a boiler plant that you want to be aware of so that you make sure they get the right equipment. You know, are they going to run 24 hours a day, seven days a week? Well, now you need a duplex softener because one's going to be regenerated at 2 in the morning while they're still running, and the other one now is giving soft water to the plant. How much physical space is needed to adequately house and operate an average size boiler? Typically, in, in the plants that we're talking about, um, you know, like a 10-horsepower a, a boiler would need maybe a 7-foot by 9-foot plant, and then a 25-horsepower would need a 8.5 by a 10-foot plant. And, uh, you know, the more room you have, if you have it available to service the boiler and, to, you know, walk around the boiler. And then, you, you know, the other <laughs> typical thing you see is there's other equipment in the boiler room, maybe the vacuum, of course. the compressor, the uh, water heater. So, you know, those things all require combustion air. They, they generate heat. And, uh, you know, so that becomes more important to uh, bring in adequate combustion air for the, all the appliances, but also adequate air to cool the room in the, in the hotter months. Of course. And, and when you're saying that type of air, you're saying a, a cooling system or cooling fans. Well, not even a chilled system. It's just outside air. So you're bringing in, you know, say you have a million BT boiler. The code requires 500 square inches total free area, normally one high, one low. And then really to cool the room, you need double that. And then you also have to account in if there's a water heater in that room, you've got to add the requirements for that. And a compressor's going to have certain CFM. You've got to make sure you've got enough room for that as well. If a dry cleaning owner ends up, let's say, missizing the boiler system, what's what could be the result? Well, <laughs> he gets to exchange his, his smaller boiler for a new one for a heck of a discount. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> But, uh, you know, honestly, uh, in uh, 34 years, I haven't seen that initially. And what happens is usually is they've added equipment, and then now they've outgrown that boiler. And you know, Usually what I try to talk at that point is, hey, they've got a great working boiler. Let's see if we can fit another one in here. Now you, you meet your capacities. You kept your old boiler, which was fine, and now you've got a little bit more redundancy and things like that. Is there anything else you'd like to add in our chat today, Mike, all about boiler sizing and selection for dry cleaners? The other thing I think is important if you're putting a new plant in is, you know, make sure that somebody's looked at your, uh, you know, your steam distribution because, you know, your takeoffs can't be off the side of the pipe. They should be off the top. Otherwise, if there's any moisture in the line, that's going to get into your presses. 
you know, the steam line should be sloped so that the steam doesn't go into the into the header. The, and then the same thing with the condensate. That should be sloped so that all that gets back to the condensate return tank. Size your traps properly. You know, the, one of the biggest maintenance issues in a uh, dry cleaning plant seems to be um, figuring out which steam trap is not working. And there's, you know, there's tons of expensive methods on and tools to do that. But one of the simple things in, when installing the plant is putting a T with a ball valve and a cap on the back of the steam trap so you can physically take the cap off and open open the valve into a bucket and if it's working you'll discharge water and then stop and discharge water if it's blowing by it'll just blow steam into that bucket so that's what we, we've been telling people in the dry clean industry you get plants with 72 traps in them how do you know which one's blowing by and then that causes problems with wasted energy or the flash steam loss going up the vent and then it um, gets the tank too hot and sometimes the pumps won't pump right and things like that so great tip mike be aware of not just your boiler, but everything that comes along with it, all the is- issues with it, of course. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. That was Mike Leeming talking about boiler sizing and selection for dry cleaners. Mike, we appreciate you being here on the podcast, and uh, thank you again. Okay. Thanks, guys. The American Dry Cleaner Podcast is a production of American Trade Magazine's LLC Chicago. For more information about future podcasts and to get the latest Fabricare industry news, visit our website at americandrycleaner.com or make sure to read our weekly e-news blast called The Wire. Also be sure to visit American Dry Cleaner on Facebook and make sure to like us and also follow us on Twitter to stay informed about these podcasts along with news and information from around the industry. The royalty-free music used on this podcast is from Alvaro Angeloro called Brand New Day and can be found at hooksounds.com. Thank you for being with us today on the American Dry Cleaner Podcast. This has been your host, Tim Burke, and I look forward to being with you again very soon. 